0: Welcome, everyone, to Force of Nature Podcast. I'm your host, Matthew D. Hamilton, and I'm here with my co-host, David Bodger. Terrific. This week, we get back into our normal rhythm and have a great episode for you. This week, we cover an animal who helped kind of with the inspiration for this podcast. I'm talking about Gustav, the demon crocodile of Burundi. Ooh. So we are going to continue our series about crocodiles and alligators. Uh, last week, we weren't able to bring out a full episode, but we did plug. Uh, uh, we, we put out a little bonus episode with a little story, and we also plugged our appearance, our special appearance, on the Thorskin podcast. Uh, Dave and I were guests on the show, and we had we had a lot of fun there and yeah. with them. Uh, if you want to learn a, more about Dave and I and what it's like running an indie podcast, we talk about it on there. Uh, I'll put up the link if our listeners want to check it out. Uh, it, it was a lot of fun. And uh, if you like Force of Nature, you'll enjoy listening to our episode on the Thorskin Podcast. Yeah. The Thorce of Nature. The Force of Nature. That was exactly what I was going to say next. Which, <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, uh, but as always, we are joined in the studio with Cheetor. Colonel Cheetor. How you doing today, buddy? Man, I ain't afraid of no crocodiles. Well, let's... uh. Let's see how you feel about that after this episode there, Cheetah. You might change your opinion. Uh, as always, we want to thank all of our listeners from around the world. Thank you for following us and helping us grow. We have a few new hits from different places. Uh, Spain. We got a hit from Spain. Oh, nice. We got a hit from Switzerland. Ooh. That's always cool. And I, I love That's one of my favorite parts. Is, is, I was just showing Dave just a second ago, like, our stats and um, where we get hits from. That's one of my favorite things. And, uh, oh, special shout-out to Indiana and Ohio. They've been in the last few days, they've been our our target audience, I guess Wow, you could say. right on. It might just be one person who enjoys it and listens to us. I know <laughs> we have one fan in Indiana, but hey, that's awesome. Uh, and I, I like to think we have kind of a small cult-like following. Uh, and if you enjoy the show and want to contribute, what you can do is... Go to iTunes or whatever platform you use. Give us a rating. Give us five stars. Say something you like about the show. It really helps us gain attention, gain more listeners. Uh, I know it takes like 30 seconds, but it means a lot. Please do that and help us out if you can. Uh, and we, we want as much interaction as we can with everyone. So please do that for us. It means a lot. Yeah. And before we get started, let's play a game, Dave. Okay. Okay. Let's play Find That Country Challenge. Let's do this. But we you are actually it. cheating this week. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I told Dave. I was going to let that squeaking be done. Okay. <laughs> I, did, I told Dave which country to pick. And I did that because I thought it would help since this is where our story is going to take place. So, Dave, what country do you have for me?
1: Well, if the <laughs> listeners don't already know, it is Burundi. Is it, I say, what did I say? Burundi or it's Burundi? Burundi. Yeah, okay. I guess the second o, U is what? accentuated.
0: All right, so Burundi is a small... It's right there, by the way.
1: Very good. <laughs> uh, Burundi... It's pink, if you don't know. It uh, is on the globe. On this globe, <laughs> it is pink, yes. yes.
0: Um, Burundi is a very small... Uh, African country it is in between Tanzania and the Democratic Republic of the Congo and right below Rwanda which is equally as small yeah
1: it's yeah it's another landlocked country
0: yeah it's it's landlocked but it's also next to a couple or it's next to at least one big lake and I, I have a little bit on that and that I'm gonna I'll cover. oh okay it's about it's a really interesting lake actually but, is
1: it the lake that houses Gustav?
0: Indeed it is. Yeah!
1: <laughs> <laughs> it is pretty big.
0: It, yeah, it's, it's... It's bigger than the country. <laughs> it is big. It probably is bigger than the country. Yeah. Uh, but Dave, uh, uh, you have a bit of information about Burun- Bur- Burundi. Burundi. Uh, so how about you hit hit us with that?
1: Okay. So Burundi officially gained its independence from. Get this, it was Belgium. Was it Belgium? Belgium owned it.
0: I thought it would. I thought it was France actually, but okay. No, it
1: was. Well, it was. Yeah, it was Ger- Germany and Belgium were the okay. two. Okay,
0: yeah, Belgium did some. of the, Yeah, uh, they colonized some areas.
1: So they, maybe they got it after the German colonization. You know, they ah. split up everything from Germany after World War II. But because this gained its independence And in, where did it go? I lost it. Sorry. No, uh, 1962. That's when it got its independence from Belgium okay. in 1962. So it's the funny thing is, there's not much to say. Like, there's nothing you can say, like, oh, this country has this, more, you know, <laughs> different from any other country. There's not much different about it. Nothing yeah. outstanding. They have Gustav. Yeah. That's their main thing. Yeah. But there's three different types of ethnic groups there. Oddly enough. Oh, wait, wait.
0: Uh, oh, crap. I forgot their names. Hold on. Oh, do you know them or? Um, Yeah, because it came up in my research. The shootsies. How do you say it? Tootsie? Tootsies, yes. Yeah. Tootsies, that's what I was thinking of.
1: Yeah. Yeah, there's the Tootsies, the Hutu, yeah. and the Twa. The Hutu and the Tootsies. I guess that's how you say it. If it's phonetically, if you say it phonetically <laughs> the way it's spelled, then yes, that's how okay. they're, they're pronounced. But uh, yeah, there's just the three. Um, oddly enough, though they all speak the same language. I guess that's unique for Africa because usually the different ethnic groups yeah. have their own languages, but they all speak the same, so that's good. They have, uh, it's a very big agricultural area. That's kind of their main economy. Although, oddly enough, even though most of the people there are agricultural, uh, the it's the smaller group, the minority group of them controls the country because they they control the military
0: (laughs) that makes sense that's how africa a lot of african nations work yeah it's a lot of african nations are kind of a mess yeah i don't know how else to put it but they really are
1: yeah and then this is in the same boat it's got the same issues they're just constantly ethnic fighting Mm -hmm. um going back and forth and so they're um, New government, you know, the UN is just trying in. to say, "Hey, let's kind of stop this." You know, kind of try and calm it down. Mm-hmm. I think all of Africa—they're trying to do that. Uh, just because the world's gotten so small now, you know, everybody—it's yeah. you know, everybody gets around now. The food. Um, yeah, all the first world stuff is just spreading everywhere. So it's starting to, that's starting to calm down a little more, I think, in Africa. But it's still, it's still, it's still an issue. Well, yeah, they had, and it's, it's
0: even there. They were having civil war. Yeah. As, uh, I didn't do a lot of the research on the country itself, but I do know that in the '90s there was a big civil war.
1: No, they've had yeah, they have, they've had a bunch of. Do
0: you have, them. do you know anything about that? The civil
1: no, it's just kind of blended in with everything else because yeah, they're really always did. fighting. Yeah. But yeah, I'd, so I didn't look much on it, but yeah, it's, it's the typical African country that's trying to gain its its own foothold, you know, now that yeah. it's independent, but yeah. And it'll take some time, but they'll get there. Oh, uh, there's about 12 million people.
0: 12 million. Yeah. Really small country for 12 million.
1: I know that's actually kind of a pretty good uh, population for something yeah, that small. Yeah, it really is. Yeah.
0: I mean, how many do we have in Utah? Like three or four million? We're about...
1: What are we up to now? I know we're over... we are got to be around three to four. I think we're over four now. Okay, maybe around there. Because, yeah, when I was younger, we were like three, three and a half. And Utah's huge. Yeah. But
0: uh, almost everybody lives... We're,
1: we're bigger than Burundi. <laughs>
0: we're much bigger <laughs> than Burundi. But uh, yeah, everybody here in Utah lives on the Wasatch Front, pretty much. Yeah. So we're all kind of congregated here as well. Yeah. All right. Do you have anything else? No, have...
1: there's not. Yeah, no, there's nothing else. I mean, uh, do you suggest this as a tourist destination for our listeners? I would probably say
0: no. It's probably beautiful
1: because <laughs> it's a it's a very climate or it's a very uh, how do you say uh, you know it's by the equator. Yeah. It, Typical it's... Africa, but it's higher elevations, so it, they say it keeps it... around seventy degrees Fahrenheit year round. You huh? know, so it'd okay. be nice. It's cooler than some of the other areas there, but I, yeah, and it might and I'm sure it's pretty, but. It's
0: not <laughs> yeah, it, from You'd what have what to I deal saw, it's with kind the, of marshy the issues looking. they have there. But and they get uh, yeah, it's very flooded in the Floods yeah. easily that type of place. Yeah. but and and I'll I'll cover a little bit more and when I get to our story. But Dave, let's get into it. Okay. Uh, and before we get into Gustav, let's learn a bit more about Nile crocodiles. All right. Uh, I went over um, them to our last real episode, uh, but let's go over them a little bit more. And I'll I'll try to, it's going to be, this episode's going to be a little bit more Gustav, but there's still a lot about Niall Crocs we got to talk about.
1: Yeah. If you don't believe in Niall Crocs, you're in denial. (sighs) I stole that. Sorry,
0: but (laughs) it's not your worst pun. Oh, I stole it. We'll just (laughs) say that. All right. Well. Let's continue.
1: <laughs>
0: Nile crocs are known as the second largest reptiles. Uh, on average, followed uh, followed by the, or before them is the saltwater crocs. Uh, Gustav is an exception to this, however. Their Latin names, Crocodilius asholius. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Crocodilian eh, What holes? <laughs> uh, almost got you. Sweat.
0: But uh, Crocodilus holius? No, that's not their real name. Uh, it's Crocodilus niloticus, maybe. Oh, it's no those Latin words. Everybody knows. I'm the pronunciation I, I struggle <laughs> with, and my handwriting.
1: <laughs>
0: but they are widespread throughout sub-Saharan Africa, occurring mostly in the central eastern and southern parts of Africa living in different types of aquatic environments such as lakes rivers marshlands uh, rarely you can find them in salt water as well
1: Wait so so it's in the central and southern parts usually does that mean they're not in uh,
0: Egypt? no they, they, there's a so they there's a few, there's a little bit in Egypt oh there's, does it they, they, there's a small population huh? in Egypt there used to be a lot more. But there is a small population in Egypt as well. Uh, They are the most common crocodile in Africa and cover a large geographic area. Only the saltwater croc covers over a larger area. Niles seem to play second fiddle to saltwater crocs in about everything, it Mm. seems like. And I'm not going to go over every country they are in because there are lots uh, and their range used to be larger. They used to be found as far north as the Mediterranean. Wow. The Mediterranean coast in the Nile Delta and even the Red Sea in Israel and Syria. Wow. But they can still be found as far north as southern Egypt. Okay. And as far south as South Africa. Uh that's that's from the tip top north to south that's the entire continent yeah uh, so they're pretty much everywhere. There is even an isolated population on the island nation of Madagascar. Wow where they have they have uh, ab- abnormal ab- adaptations I-, I didn't get to go too far into it but I they they have adapted to living in caves. Weird, weird, right? Yeah, I, I didn't I wasn't able to f- uh, go deep into that one. I kind of want to now though. yeah, that's interesting. I wonder if there are albino in there? Maybe I don't know maybe. Hmm. there's albino individuals almost everywhere. But yeah, basically you can find them in a good amount of Africa. And while no subspecies of Nile crocs are formally recognized, as many as seven have been proposed. Hmm. So that's I mean, that's good. I don't have to go through a ton of different subspecies again. Yeah. But let's get into their size. And as you can imagine, their size varies by where they live and what resources are around them. Uh, On average, they are around 10 to 16 feet for males. I mean, that's a that's a big in between. But uh, it just kind of depends. Remember, all crocodiles are sexually dimorphic, and males are around 30% larger than females. Mm. The difference is even more drastic with the saltwater crocs for some reason. But on uh, on average, an average size Nile croc will also weigh from 400 to 1,500 pounds. Wow. And I think I mentioned this last time, but crocs can live a very long time and they continue to grow the older they get. That's a pretty caught. Com- that's pretty common with reptiles. Yeah. So all the really big ones are likely very old like Gustav. Mm. So that means Nile crocs can get larger than 16 feet. Uh, and according to Guinness uh, records, the largest Nile croc actually measured was in 1905 in Tanzania It was shot by the Duke of Mecklenburg. Huh. I don't know where that is. Probably Belgium. (laughs) This croc was measured at 21 feet 2 inches. Wow. And weighed an estimated 2,400 pounds. Gee. Uh, I found a long list of the large crocs, but almost all of them are... Uh, old cases and almost all lack details. Oh. So kind of take that with a grain of salt all of it. Okay. So some are probably ex- exaggerated. There was a pretty long list and, uh, there are reports of people killing crocs over 26 feet long, which is highly unlikely. Hmm. Uh, a lot of, there's a lot of fake reports from there. Uh, let's talk about what they like to hunt and their diet now. They are obviously an apex predator. In Africa, you can say crocs are the apex predators of the water and lions are the apex predator of the land. That makes sense. Yeah. In the water, crocs are surprisingly agile. They take the majority of prey uh, by ambush. Like, Like most of us have an idea what I mean, if you've seen any kind of wildlife documentary, you've seen the wildebeest or the zebra go to get a drink or cross a river, then a giant crocodile jumps out to grab them. That's kind of what they do. So crocs like lots of reptiles have what's called an ethiothermic, (laughs) maybe (laughs) metabolism, which means they can survive for long periods of time between meals. Like for older, larger crocs, they can go months at a time if they, if they need, to younger ones need to eat more often but they uh, they eat smaller things that are easier to catch yeah okay but when they do eat they gorge themselves and they can eat up to half their body weight at a time gee so think about that that a is A 2400 insane. pound croc would then could then eat 1200 pounds yeah jeez I, I guess I mean if you think about it it's was like damn does that really can that add up?
1: <laughs> like,
0: I'm thinking about it now and I was like is that really how it works? I that's what I, all my sources said wow, so wow that's crazy. And I remember going back to episode 4 when we talked about Komodo dragons. Mm-hmm. Remember that they they did the same thing gorging themselves oh, yeah. like, like so, maybe they weigh 2,400 pounds after they eat. I don't <laughs> know. But uh, is, this seems to be a common theme with reptiles. And, and Not just reptiles, a lot of predators like to gorge themselves and eat a ton at a time. Yeah. Uh, common prey for Nile crocs are almost anything, really. They have a very large menu consisting of insects and other invertebrates, Mostly for young crocs. They'll, they'll eat the insects, oh, okay. uh, other invertebrates, and maybe some crabs or crustaceans. It's, it's like the kids' menu at a restaurant.
1: <laughs> Instead of
0: chicken tenders or spaghetti, the kid croc menu has insects and snails and other things like oh, that.
1: Okay. Uh,
0: once crocs reach over like around five feet, give or take. Uh, and are, that normally happens around five to nine years old. They mm. have a very broad range of diet. They still eat insects and stuff, but are now capable of taking down small vertebrae animals. Then when a little bit older, a little bit bigger, they often prey primarily on fish, like f- fish, uh, frogs, turtles, birds and kind of other small animals. Mm-hmm. It's only in adulthood that a large crocodile is able to take down things like a wildebeest, a zebra, gazelles, antelope, warthogs, even young hippos.
1: Jeez. So what age do they usually hit adulthood then?
0: I I, I like to think it's kind of like human years. So about 18? They live like, uh, you, I mean, they can live up to 60 plus years. So think of it kind of like a human. Okay. That's that's the best thing I, I can explain, that way I can explain it. Okay. Okay. Um, some even will eat. So yeah, young hippos, even cape buffalo can fall prey. Oh, other predators can fall prey as well. African wild dogs, hyenas, mm. leopards, lions—literally anything is on the menu and considered prey. And that Gee. obviously includes humans. Wow. And if you get bit, if you get bit
1: by one, you better pray. Doesn't that work? I don't know. <laughs> 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 well, they don't just bite. I mean, they grab you.
0: Yeah, they do. They'll, they'll definitely grab you and, dra- and bring in you water. in the yeah. water. Uh, you've only got it's a like, few seconds like, to pray, so... <laughs> <Cool>. <laughs> All right. Crocs, however, can also be killed by other predators, especially uh, the younger and smaller ones. In general, though, crocs and other large predators like hyenas, leopards, and lions have a relationship of kind of mutual avoidance for the most part. But you know, sometimes they even get into tug of war fights with other predators. Mm. There is a famous video on YouTube. Have you seen it? Yeah, oh, so you have seen it. Okay, good. Uh, which I'll, I'll put uh, I'll put put a link up on the description. This so video between
1: the the lion and the uh... yeah yeah
0: I'm going exp- okay. yeah I want to explain yeah. it for everybody. Uh, this video has over 80 million views on YouTube. Wow. Uh, it happens at Kruger National Park, and some tourists got it all on video, and it, it's crazy. Uh, this pride of lions are hunting cape buffalo. They run after and spook the buffalo, and one so the buffalo run away and then the lions chase one lioness makes this incredible tackle on a buffalo calf like like a linebacker tackle but she she tackles the buffalo calf into the edge of the river then the other lions um help out and try pulling the buffalo onto land but the buffalo is also fighting back too and at this point there is like four lions, and even a male lion on the calf, half in the water and half out, kind of. They're now trying to kill the buffalo in the water, and they drag it on, and they kind of pull it up on the bank, when all of a sudden, a crocodile comes out of nowhere and grabs the buffalo, trying to pull it back into the water. And also, it was uh, snipping at the lions, too. (laughs) Now, the croc has hold of the rear, and the lions are trying to pull it... From the front, it's it's a legit tug of war between the two. You remember it? Yeah. Uh, there are like, yeah, four lions, and they're actually, the four lions actually do win the tug of war, bringing the buffalo on land. But it ain't over yet. In, <clears throat> in come a whole herd of buffalo now, like 20 plus. They charge at the lions and gore at the lions, causing the lions to abandon the calf. That they've been fighting for. The calf, after being in the jaws of both lions and crocodiles, stands up and runs to the other buffalo. It's That's still crazy. able to run. And it survives this whole ordeal. It's a crazy video. And if you if you like this podcast, I know you'll like it. So check it out. And then you have the narration of the... the <laughs> the tourists the Taurus. <laughs> it's
1: typical oh,
0: oh look at that oh yeah the, the, oh, the poor thing the oh look what's oh gonna... no they're gonna get it <laughs> yeah <laughs> so if you want to hear old rich white ladies uh, narrate narrate a national geographic style okay, <laughs> yeah. attack then this is where you go yeah, it's
1: no david attenborough to give you that much
0: <laughs> but yeah it's kind of funny to hear oh my goodness they're gonna get it <laughs> yeah Do you see it? Do do, do you see it? Oh, it's a crocodile. (laughs) That's kind of, that's really how it went. But it's really cool. So uh, everybody should check it out. So now, because I want to get to Gustav, let's go kind of over some random facts about Nile Crocs. Okay. So sexual maturity is obtained from 12 to 16 years old for females. So, like I said, kind of like like humans. It's about the same time the kids take the class, you know. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and, and they're actually pretty on par. Yeah, like they're pretty on par with humans in regard of their lifespan. Uh, except, unfortunately, we quit getting taller, and they keep getting longer.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: It'd be nice to be a little taller, huh? Yeah. <laughs> uh, during mating season, males attract females by bellowing, slapping their snouts in the water, blowing water out their noses. You know the, the normal stuff to attract no, typical stuff construction typical, workers will yeah. do. Yeah, typical stuff to attract the ladies. <laughs> <laughs> uh, after the after the deed is done, uh, the gestation period is only around three months, and mothers will build a nest of sorts, kind of like kind of, yeah like a legit nest uh, to lay their eggs. Then they lay between twenty five to eighty eggs on average. Wow! Uh, and there is a reason why they lay so many eggs only around 10% of eggs will actually hatch. Gee. And a, a mere 1% will reach adulthood. Wow. Uh, crocodile eggs are a food source for many animals, and then you have things like flooding that can drown the eggs, uh, overheat, overheating, exhaustion. Mm. I mean, I don't know if you can over-exhaust an egg, but you know, you get what I mean. Yeah. And a lot of things have to go right for a crocodile to reach adulthood. Uh, the bite force, as we went over um, last time, is at the tippy-top of the animal kingdom. Saltwater crocs have the most powerful bite with about 3,700 pounds per square inch. Their PSI. I wish I knew what that meant, to be honest. I mean, it's just pounds per square inch. Yeah, uh, well... well do you know, should, yeah, do you know more about sense.
1: it? Well, no, it makes sense. Pounds like how much pressure per square inch. Yeah. Based right. on a weighted scale, you know? Okay. You, you know, know anyway. if you think can you lift thirty seven hundred pounds? No. And that would just be one inch. That's how heavy. What? That's how strong.
0: All right. You can teach me this later, so well, I don't right, sound like all right. a complete idiot. <laughs> Nile crocs are right behind the saltwater crocs, as always, right behind them. Uh, and same with alligators. Alligators are up there, too, on the bite force. And But remember this, that it's, it's uh, actually fairly easy to hold their mouths shut. It's the going down process, the clamping, that is the strongest. But you can actually physically hold a crocodile's mouth shut fairly easy.
1: Yeah, it's probably only like uh, one pound per square inch. To to Uh, open it. Oh, yeah.
0: Sure. (laughs) I know that means. Does that
1: help you understand it a little better? Maybe. Meaning it's powerful. Like one inch, about this big, you know, it's small. So if you think if the jaw is nine inches and all that, if all of that jaw is on your arm, you know, boom, lengthwise. Okay. That's each one of those has 3,700 pounds. Per inch up your arm. Let's say you've got okay. nine inches there.
0: Okay. That's making a little more sense for me. Okay. All right. Yeah, that actually does make a little more sense. Yeah. Hopefully, Need I'm not the only... Needless to say, it would be,
1: ow. <laughs> <laughs> and you're not getting out. No. So
0: <laughs> All right. Well, that, that does make a little more sense to me now. Because
1: how many pounds of pressure does it take to break a bone? What is it, eight? I don't know. No, what do they say? No, not eight. It's what was that? Eight. It's not much.
0: Huh. But yeah, wow. it's...
1: So it'll do that. That's not
0: my expertise. That's why you're here. (laughs) All right. But here's something I didn't know. All crocs have high levels of lactic acid in their body or in their blood, which allows them to sit motionless in water for several hours at a time. And these these high levels would be deadly to most other animals and to. Much ex- uh, Too much exertion by crocs can actually lead to death, oh. which causes the failure of their organs. Uh, this will rarely happen in the wild, but this can happen when humans like try to capture them. Uh-huh. And then they mishandle them and put the crocs through um, overly extended periods of physical struggling or stress. Mm-hmm. Remember when we talked about Lolong the yeah. giant crocodile? Yeah, and it only lasted a year only, after that, yeah, or like oh, a year, a year or or two. Yeah. a year or two, and then it died because of because of this okay. reason. Yeah, they must have that that ability to slow their metabolism. Yeah, must they also can have well, a yeah, drawback. Then. They can slow everything down. It's really it's pretty neat, but I didn't know that actually. Hmm. So ancient Egyptians worshipped crocodiles, and the god Sobek had. Had the um, head of a crocodile. Mm.
1: Uh,
0: there's also mummified croc eggs that have been found in ancient tombs. Interesting. And Egyptians would hunt crocs. They would you know, kind of using spears to throw at them. And wow. Hit, if you hit a croc in a certain spot on the head, uh-huh. the same, same goes with alligators. I've watched Swamp People recently. Oh, yeah? And so all the, you, I think they only use like a 22 rifle. Interesting. And if you hit it, hit a crocodile on the right spot of the head, it goes right to the brain, and they're dead instantly. Oh, interesting. So, and that, yes. Yeah, so, so it's kind. Of, that is interesting. It's like a su- shut off switch through the sky yeah. And there's <laughs> a certain. It's a. It's a very small hole. Just like the Death so, Star, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. it's like the Death Star. That's a good way to put it. Who would build a thermal port right there? <laughs> right, because they poke their head out of the water. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, also, Egyptians believe that. Uh, praying to Sobek will protect them from the crocs. Okay. Uh, so now, like I've said, these crocs have a reputation as man-eaters. And remember, uh, we, unlike sharks, it's actually pretty justified. Mm. Nile crocs kill hundreds of people a year. There is no exact number, and uh, a good amount of the attacks go unreported. Uh, some sources told me that around a thousand attacks happen each year. I don't know, but uh, crocodile attacks are hard to keep track of. You know, someone could just go to a river uh, for for some reason um, to get water to take a bath or something like that, and get us attacked by a croc, taken in the river, never to be seen again, yeah. and no one knows what happens. And unless they find a body, so they could be like, well, maybe they drown. Why would they? But why would they find a body? That would. <laughs> there's no way. There, there's some Sometimes they don't eat them. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh, interesting. As we'll find out with Gustav. Oh. But yeah, so that happens as well. Uh, but if you know what I mean, like you reporting of crocodile yeah. attacks can be really difficult. If you, yeah. they're underwater, you, you know, you don't see them. So yeah. it's, it's, it's uh, hard to figure it out. Uh, <clears throat> but let's let's just say they attack a lot of people yeah makes sense it's it's also debated which croc attacks more nile crocs or the saltwater crocs and hmm. nobody knows for sure but both are heavy hitters uh crocs pro- honestly crocodiles probably scare me more than any animal we've covered oh yeah definitely i yeah i know you, what is yours you have... Probably sharks. Yeah. I I know you've always had a thing with sharks. That's because I go in the water. But if I knew a
1: croc was there, I'm not going in. Yeah, that's...
0: But I go in the water, in the
1: ocean anyway, you know? Yeah. And so... You go in ah. the ocean.
0: We don't live in crocodile areas. Yeah,
1: that's true. But, But yeah, I wouldn't... Yeah, for some reason... If there's a croc and you know, or an area with water, there's a croc, that could be in there. Nope, nope. I'm not going in. It's a nope. So I'll be safe, you know, because it's, it's not gonna come out after it's me. It's an automatic nope for so, me. But yet, I know the ocean's full of sharks. But yet I go in. What yeah. is my deal? <laughs> so
0: I'm just sitting there going, <laughs> no. The sharks have a bad reputation. <laughs> Crocodiles kind of deserve their reputation. Yeah. And about fifty percent, give or take, of crocodile tax and. With a fatality, about fifty percent, mm. which is that's pretty high to be honest. Cheaty. So if you get attacked, you got about a fifty percent chance.
1: I'm curious, is it a hundred percent chance to lose a limb though?
0: <laughs> Not quite a hundred percent, but it's if uh, the you're definitely gonna have some scars. So let's put it that uh. way.
1: Or maybe it accounts for the baby crocs trying to, you know, getting something a little too big, you know. <laughs> it's like
0: get off. I would rather That's take it by by a baby croc.
1: <laughs> That's what Dana would do. She'd be like, dude, I got bit I got attacked by a crocodile. How big was it? Like this big. <laughs> like a no, newborn. It's like two feet. <laughs> like it just hatched out of the egg. <laughs>
0: yeah. she like it was massive, I got attacked. And she would tell everybody <laughs>
1: Your yeah. wife would do that. She would. Oh, she's gonna kill me now. Yeah,
0: okay. <laughs> but to kind of give some perspective, uh, lions attack less than one eighth of the amount of people crocs do. Mm. So they're definitely—I'd say they're the heaviest hitters in Africa. Gee. It can be argued. We need. I'm gonna do. We're gonna do an episode on hippos. hippos are also heavy hitters and are up there. And they say they kill around 500 a year in Africa, hippos. I don't know that for sure. So we will do a hippo episode sometime. So we can kind of, hopefully we can clear that up a little bit. Well, if you think about it
1: with these crocodiles, especially in Africa, for the Nile crocodiles, is that... Water sources can be limited. They can be And yet water seasons. is life. You've got to get to it. Everything, every other creature goes to it. So it's got the perfect spot. Yeah. And it's like, it doesn't have to hunt. Everything comes to it now. It can wait months so at a time a certain, without eating. You know, it just sits at the edge. And so someone coming for water, <laughs> taken, yeah. you know, that's all it is. That's
0: all it takes. I mean, it's not like it has to eat like once a week, like lions do. Yeah. So yeah, you're right. But let's go to our conservation scale. It's remember, it's a, a one out of uh, one to seven scale. One being the the worst, being extinct, and a seven being the best at least concern. Uh, but that's it's kind of a recent development. They are a least concern, uh, like alligators here in the U.S. In the early 1900s, they were there were no rules, so um, hunting. People hunted them a ton, mm. used their skins to make leather and, uh, assortments of like that. Their populations were in serious decline for a while, along with hunting people or uh, along. Sorry, not with hunting people, along with, um, people hunting them, oh. uh, and then, uh, building dams that would uh, disrupt their natural oh, okay. water yeah. resources. Uh, and then I think it was either in the late 70s, early 80s that they became protected again. Hmm. Uh, and the same, the same thing kind of goes with the alligators here. Uh, they were doing bad, then became then became uh, protected and populations rose quickly. As of now, there are believed to be around 500,000 in the wild. but with the, oh, with these estimates, we never actually know. there could hmm. be more. Uh, there's probably more. Like, how could you ca- calculate that? Yeah. I don't know. But they're doing fine and they are of least concern. Mm. And uh, one last thing, and then we're going to get to Gustav. Nile crocs have become an invasive species. Huh. Dave, and it's in the U.S. What? Take a guess where? But we don't have the Nile, so it can't be here. <laughs> <laughs> Take one guess on where it's an invasive species. Uh, New York?
1: What? Oh, in <laughs> yeah, the sewers? The yeah. <laughs> no. Uh, Mississippi? No.
0: Come on, I've, you should you should just automatically guess the state for everything. Florida? <laughs> um, okay. Of course. It's Florida. Nile crocs have been found in Florida. Gee. Only a few have been found, and there are, as of now, there's no signs of reproducing. And I need to do more research on this, so so hopefully uh, one of these uh, episodes we're going to cover this a little bit more in depth, but uh, I'm thinking we can do an episode covering other invasive species in Florida, like the pythons. Oh, okay. So maybe we could do an episode on the pythons and then talk a little bit about Nile Crocs there when I do more research. All
1: right.
0: But uh, it's believed they were either escapees from a crocodile farm... Or they were put there by a complete dumbass. <laughs>
1: the the drug deal drug lords that yeah. like, look man, I got me Nile croc.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't just gotta get her. Oh shoot, I, I got, got raided, raided. <laughs> I gotta get rid of these things. <laughs> exactly. That's, <laughs> that's honestly a likely scenario. <laughs> Alright. Um, so we learned a little bit more about Nile Crocs. Uh, let's get into our cold blooded serial killer now. I'm talking about the demon crocodile of Burundi, Gustav. Ooh. And like I've said, Gustav is one of the inspirations of me thinking of this podcast. So Gustav lurks in the riverbanks of the Zuzi. Oh, crap. Ruzizi. Ruzizi. That, no, okay. I'm, that's right. Ruzizi River and the shores of Lake oh, crap, Tanganyika. Tanganyika. Okay. Uh, the lake is, this is the lake I was talking about, and it yeah. is the second oldest lake in the world. Wow. After Lake Baikal in Russia. Huh. And it is divided among four countries. Uh, it's, remember, it's really a long lake. Yeah. So it's, uh, it borders Tanzania, uh, Congo, Zambia, and Burundi. So Gustav has attained mythological status in this area and is greatly feared by the people. Probably because he is rumored to have killed over 300 people. Wow. The number is difficult to verify, but that's the, the estimate. Hmm. Gustav became famous after a documentary was made of the attempted capture of him. Huh. It's called Capturing the Killer Croc, and which aired on the PBS... Uh, the Public Broadcasting Service in 2004. Interesting. So maybe Mon-
1: they should change the title. <laughs> <to what>? Failed.
0: <laughs> well, because yeah, they it didn't is, capture it. it does, spoiler alert! It, it's a fail. Dude. But uh, let's go over it. Um, other than this documentary, there isn't much else about Gustav. Hmm. Almost every source I found all gets its information from this documentary. So I'm gonna kind of go over this documentary, and like I like to do, I'm gonna put it. I'm putting it in my own words. How it happens, okay? So you ready for this story, Dan? Yeah. And I want to put the link below, so if anyone is interested in watching it, it's on YouTube. So and it's a really cool documentary. But in order to tell this story properly, we need to do something first. Let's go back in time by hopping on to our time machine. Mm-hmm. Sometime, somewhere. That's right. Uh, we are going to Burundi in 2004. So, not too far, too long ago. Huh. I think I was in ninth grade then. Wow. What were you doing?
1: Well, we got married. We moved to Cali. I Is think. that in 2004? Yeah. No, we were there in 2003. So yeah, we were still there. We were in San Diego by then. You are living in San Diego in 2004.
0: Nice. All right. But uh, let's meet a man named Patrice Fay. He is a herpetologist. A herpetologist is uh, someone who studies amphibians and reptiles. Okay. Uh, I never could figure out where Patrice is from. And though they never, they never was said and I couldn't find it anywhere. He doesn't. He doesn't have a British accent, so I was guessing French, but now I'm thinking uh, Belgium <laughs> huh. or something. Uh, Wait, d- but his name's, his name's Patrice? Patrice Fay. Oh, okay. So I don't know exactly where he's from, but uh, he doesn't have a, a link on Wikipedia or anything, so he's not that famous, hmm. but he uh, he he fits he kind of fits your stereotypical white guy in Africa look with, you know, like, safari-style outfit and hat. <laughs> the uh, tourist hat. Yeah. Yeah, and he, he looks to be about in his 40s. Uh, and But man, does he have a schnoz on him. Oh, yeah? His nose is huge. <laughs> um, anyway, he, he really popularized Gustav and is the one who named him, actually. Uh, Patrice has studied and investigated Gustav since the late 90s. Hmm. He has traveled... To Buru- in burundi for t- 20 years uh, his mission is to protect people from crocodiles and protect crocodiles from people during his investigations over the years uh, stories from locals uh, get his attention about a giant crocodile patrice learns about many he learns about many tales of gustav grabbing and pulling people into the water, killing people. The locals say almost all the deaths are from this one crocodile. Wow. Now, a lot of African cultures are very superstitious. You know, they, they, they a lot of them believe in witchcraft and things like that. Um, so, are these tall tales? Uh, are the stories of Gustav killing 300 people true? Nobody really knows. Well, especially because uh, if he might have killed some that nobody knew about, you know? Exactly. He could be more. Yeah, (laughs) I honestly don't know if he killed 300, but I kind of like to believe it's true. So (laughs) let's do that. Let's pretend it's true. Patrice has a plan to capture Gustav, but first he must get permission from Burundi's government. Uh, He must convince the minister of the environment of the importance of capturing Gustav. He tells the minister that Gustav is exceptional and needs to be caught and studied, and he must not be killed. And capturing him could potentially save lives. After some convincing, the minister approves. Wow. <laughs> that's kind of surprising. <laughs> yeah. Well, get this—he so needs to be studied. He <laughs> needs to be studied. I, I picture him as British. I picture him as a British guy too. I don't know if he is, but uh, uh, <clears throat> he—the uh, minister tells Patrice he only has two months to do so. After that, a changing government risks plunging the country into civil war again.
1: Hmm. So that's
0: that's. That makes sense. Patrice uh, definitely doesn't want to be there for that. So Patrice has only 60 days. Patrice, and he must act fast. He designs, he designs a special trap that is long enough and strong enough to hold Gustav in. The trap he designs is 30 feet in length and weighs a ton. So 2000 pounds. See, now he has to get the trap built, uh, The success of the mission rests entirely on the trap's reliability. Patrice and his men build this elaborate cage trap. It's uh, designed in every way not to hurt Gustav if once he gets caught. Uh, Bolts are turned outwards and any other sharp edges were grounded down. It really is an impressive looking Hmm. uh, contraption. But once the cage is assembled, it now needs to be transported. I'm going to get back to that in a second. Let's skip. uh, Let's go to something else. Uh, Patrice meets with a fellow croc expert colleague named Mark, and Patrice shows him a video he made where he actually sees Gustav. This video is from 1999. Hmm. Oddly enough, that is the same date that Lake Placid
1: was released. (laughs) Oh,
0: you're right. I do like that movie, dude. (laughs) Lake Placid was all right.
1: Maybe that's really got the inspiration from this Maybe. guy. I'm trying to make a movie. Don't, well, <laughs> nah, we don't want you to make the movie. Let's, by the way, let's make a movie.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I like, like the, the giant croc. All right. But uh, in the video, you do see Gustav. You actually see him. But he is like half in the water, half out, making it impossible to determine his actual size. Hmm. But Patrice believes he is 18 to 21 feet long. And weighs over a ton. Wow. Patrice invites another expert, Dr. Allison Leslie from South Africa, to join the team. She is in awe when she sees the cage they developed. Now, at this point, the Kruk team has to find Gustav in order to know where to put the trap. But the team, the team are experts and they have an idea of where to put the trap Uh, So, Allison, while Allison is out with a guide, and they've been out for several days looking for him, and each day is a day lost. And remember, they only have 60 days. For over a week, they search by canoe and jeeps and find nothing. And then, they use a hot air balloon to fly (laughs) lowly over the area, which is actually a pretty good idea, if you think about it.
1: Not if you've seen Lake Placid.
0: (laughs) But uh, after the, okay. So, uh, sidebar. I remember in Lake Placid. I remember they were in a boat, and one guy put leans his head over the boat, and this <laughs> giant crocodile <laughs> comes down and and just bites his head off. Hey, that's thirty seven
1: hundred pounds per square inch.
0: <laughs> <laughs> probably more with whatever that crocodile was. Yeah. But and then people turn around like, what was that? And, like nobody saw <laughs> it. Yeah, it was, it's stupid. But Lake Placid's all right. Nice. Okay. But uh, after the aerial inspection with the hot air balloon, they find an area they think looks good and travel to there on foot. The hot air balloon pays off and Allison finds the monster croc. Ooh. And she gets the best video footage uh, probably of him ever. They are on the bank of a river, and Gustav is on the other side, so they are looking kind of face-to-face at him. Allison thought Gustav was a sandbank at first. Oh! Then realized it was actually a large crocodile. Wow. So, over the next few days, Allison stays in the area to uh, get more footage of Gustav. She says that he is actually kind of wary of humans, surprisingly. Mm. And she finds out why. Uh, While taking photos, she finds deep scars caused by machine gun fire. Oh. So he has been shot a few times. Gee, talk about a Rambo. Yeah. Withstanding a machine gun. Well, unrelated to the documentary, but in my research, people claim that he has survived being hit by a rocket launcher. Oh. And uh, grenades thrown into the water. Gee. Uh, I don't know if that's true, but I like to think it is. But Gustav seems invincible, invincible. Uh, then we see footage of Gustav next to other crocs, which are around twelve feet, and Gustav makes them look tiny. Gee. Twelve feet. Twelve feet is not small.
1: <laughs> that is big. He, prob- he probably names them too. You know? he's like, "Hey, you're Tuesday, <laughs> you're Wednesday." You mean for mating? And I'll have you today. <laughs> <laughs> no, to eat. Oh, to,
0: <laughs> to eat. get big. Okay. Well, if it's female, <laughs> if it's female Crocs, maybe it is for me. Oh, that's true. Because he oh, he pretty much owns the river. <laughs> um, <laughs> so also in this river, well, he there's hippos in this river. Even they are wary of Gustav when he is around. Gee. Normally, Crocs don't threaten hippos, not even the young ones. But two months before this, a park ranger saw Gustav kill. And devour an adult hippo. Wow. Allegedly. (laughs) With all these stories, we kind of... That's just how it works here. But uh, I don't know if it's true, but I like to think it is. (laughs) But in the footage, you do actually see a hippo actively avoiding Gustav. Mm. Uh, You even see him lazily swimming really close to them. Like closer than I thought hippos would let a croc get.
1: Mm. It's really interesting.
0: But anyway, let's go back to Patrice now. He has a team building an enclo- he has a team building an enclosure for Gustav for once he is captured. Like 20 plus men have been building this thing for several weeks. Uh, it's all for nothing as we find out, but <laughs> <laughs> it's a pretty impressive looking enclosure. Uh, next we see the team uh, t- teaching crocodile safety at a local vil- village school. Uh, they don't have the dare program. They have crocodile safety classes. Kind of, kind of crazy to think about that, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. All right. So now that uh, they know where Gustav is, they have to transport this giant cage there, and it is done by manpower. The whole village oh, wow. helps in this task. Like forty plus men have to carry this thing on their shoulders, and it Jeez. looks gru- it looks grueling to to. Uh, they carry this thing to the delta where Gustav is. You think this guy would have heard of the wheel? <laughs> <laughs> that would have made it more difficult, but they, they do okay. And it it, God, it looked so shitty to do this. Though I hate to be <laughs> one of those guys. But the, the village was actually really eager to help as they want Gustav caught too. People have lost family members, mm. apparently due to this crocodile. And they find a good place to put the cage and lay it down. And Gustav is still around. but Tree sees him while they are working on the cage. At first, they estimate Gustav to be around 100 years old. Wow. But when he... Um, opens his mouth they are surprised to see a a complete set of teeth so a hundred year old croc should be nearly toothless oh all right so uh gustav has plenty of teeth he has plenty of teeth he's doing fine in his teeth uh and they think he is no older than 60 and likely still growing huh interesting huh yeah uh the men now carry the cage into position the cage is half in the water and half on the bank of the river. Uh, the team, uh, the team, baits the trap by putting cow blood in the front of the cage, and then they put a cow's head inside the cage. Once the croc, so supposedly, what happens is once the croc pulls on the cow head, the cage door will shut, trapping Gustav. Mm. Uh, and if Gustav gets caught, the team will inject him with uh, Flaxadil. yeah, Flaxadil, which will paralyze him without putting him to sleep. Hmm. So that's that's their plan on how to catch him, pretty much. Interesting. Uh, so they also set up an infrared camera, uh, so they can see at night. And then after, and this is the first day. Uh, in the video, you see. Uh, a big eye glowing in the night. Just kind of uh, swims by the cage and then kind of just fades out of the camera range and disappears. And uh, next we see that a week has passed and no Gustav
1: Hmm.
0: whole week. Now the team is playing the sit and wait game and they go to a village called, Gatumba, these villagers don't think Gustav will enter the cage. Uh, The village medicine man says the croc is under the spell of an evil person. Hmm. See what I mean about their superstitions? A lot of African cultures are really superstitious like this. Patrice even allows the medicine man to do some sort of blessing on the cage. Interesting. He's like, sure, why not? I don't, nothing's (laughs) working for me, so you try. Yeah. And a little bit later in Gutumba, there is some bad news. Despite the cage and uh, the blessing of the witch doctor medicine man, there has been an attack. Ooh! Apparently, a fisherman has been killed, and eyewitnesses say it was Gustav. Oh! Why didn't they should have just baited the cage with a the fisherman then? <laughs> Maybe that would have worked. <laughs> But uh, others found the body of the man, and it is still completely whole. Nothing has been eaten. Remember, I told you I'd get back
1: to that. So he he killed him?
0: Yeah. Oh, okay. So this is kind of a trademark move of Gustav. He kills people for sport. Wow. He he pulls them in the water, drowning them, but not eating them. Huh. Uh, One thing about being such a large crocodile they have to eat really large prey and why Gustav would kill just to kill is unknown maybe it's uh, being territorial or maybe he is really possessed by an evil spirit Hmm. I don't know but now Patrice and the team are down to three weeks remaining and Gustav is still at large and is killing at this point still
1: Hmm.
0: and their time is running out the team becomes a little bit desperate and they try something new. They have a giant 16 feet tall steel snare traps built. Huh. The cable kind of thing? Yeah, like a snare trap. Huh. uh, That if you go into the hole... uh, They set up three of these traps at strategically placed banks. And this takes them another two days to do. And it looks like grueling work just to put these in the... Just everything is so much hard work huh. to do any of this. It's it's really something. But they make it seem like Gustav... In the documentary, they make it seem like Gustav is watching every move. Hmm. But But uh, now they're down to two weeks, and they have the cage, and now they have three <laughs> traps. Two days later, they notice one trap has been sprung. Hmm. But it is only a small crocodile, like 120 pounds, oh. and it's and it's kind of funny because that same day, that same trap sprung again. It was the exact same croc, <laughs> and then a third time the trap was sprung exact same croc. oh my goodness the one stupid 120 pound croc got caught three times in one day must have been a junior high crock. I it, yeah <laughs> size wise it probably was a 13 year old just as dumb uh-huh. yeah.
1: <laughs> better not go back
0: in there you'll get caught again whatevs <laughs> yeah whatever whatever dad <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like your son <laughs> all right Uh, while watching this, I thought, I was thinking to myself, I was like, they could easily have gotten a rifle and just shot Gustav if they wanted to. That's true. But uh, they want him alive. I was just thinking that. I was like, God, they could have just shot him by now if they wanted to, but they don't want to. So, well, maybe the bullet would just would have bounced off. Oh, yeah. Like all the other ones. I mean, he may
1: have, yeah, he may have, uh, um, Evolved for to get rid of that weakness.
0: He's like a Wolverine croc now. (laughs) He just heals up. Yeah. Uh, um, So next, the team, the team doesn't give up on the cage. They now put in live bait. They put in a chicken. This doesn't work either. Now with one week left, they offer up a more interesting bait: a live goat. Hmm. Worked in Jurassic Park, yeah. not? Yeah, <laughs> it, it worked with the T-Rex, right? Uh, once again, in night vision, from the camera, you see eyes right next to the cage. And then they disappear. And night after night, nothing is happening. The team now thinks that Gustav is smarter than they originally thought. Yeah. He's a, he's a clever guy. Yeah. But something happens one night. Hmm. A thunderstorm rolls in. And in the morning, they check the cage and find that the cage has broken and fallen into the water. How did it break? Well, uh, and guess what the camera picks up? Huh, nothing because the rain destroyed it. Oh. Oh, a horrible. series of mis of unfortunate events happens. See, <laughs> you can just see a lemony stick at her. What's his name? Uh, Paul. Paul. What
1: is his name? Not Neil Patrick. Hers. No, uh, Patrick Warburton. <laughs> You'll find that this uh, <laughs> trying to catch the killer croc.
0: Okay, I know what you're talking about now. <laughs> but yeah, the camera doesn't pick up anything, and the goat is gone. Oh. Uh... Did Gustav break into the cage? And did the trap fail? Did he just break out of it? Or did the rising waters cause this? Nobody knows. Dude, you just totally sounded like him. I know. That's pretty good, (laughs) That's his narration, like on the show. That was pretty good, huh?
1: Uh, Yeah. I can do it pretty well. (laughs) Just need to go a little deeper and he would have been perfect. After all,
0: Patrice and his team's... Okay, never mind. There you go. Keep going. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, After all Patrice's and the team's effort... Time has run out. Only three days left, and not enough time to fix the cage. And the government can no longer assure their safety. Their adventure is over. Ooh, Patrice says in the documentary, and I quote: "It's a catastrophe because I really believed in, believed in it, and I wasn't the only one. Everyone believed in this cage." Nature against man, and once again, nature has proven to be stronger. (laughs) I actually kind of like that quote. That's pretty good. Yeah. I do like that. Uh, After they leave, uh, for the last six months, there were no crocodile attacks. Nobody knows where Gustav went or if he was even still alive at this point. But he was believed to have been spotted in 2009. Oh. In the same area they set up the cage. But that again it goes away. Then the most recent and last believed sighting was in 2015. Ooh. A resident claimed Gustav dragged an adult buffalo into the water. Huh. Is this true? I don't know. But I like to think it is. <sighs> Gustav was never accurately measured, but is believed to be around twenty feet, maybe even more now. If he is still alive, I like to think he is. Yeah. But uh, it, it, yeah, it makes things better. I like to believe he is. So, if anyone goes to Burundi, uh, I recommend you don't go there in general. <laughs> but if you do, don't go into the water. And that is our tale of Gustav. Nice. Did you like it, Dave? Yeah. I thought it was pretty fun. Uh, but if you, you know what? If you can't get enough of Gustav, I recommend you watch the documentary, which I'll put up on the link on the uh, description below. But there was also a Hollywood film made about him. Huh. A 2007 film called Primeval. Oh, yeah? It's a horror film inspired by Gustav and centers on a team of American journalists who travel to Burundi to find and capture him. Hmm. Sound familiar? Yeah. Sound familiar? That's exactly what happened in the documentary. Yeah. But as you can imagine, a lot more people get eaten. Wow. Yeah, and sounds like it'll be more interesting. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well uh, it's not. <laughs> because uh, It currently has an 18% rating on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh. In several reviews, people stated that the film was too much about politics and the Civil War in Burundi and not enough about a killer crocodile, oh. which it's, was its title. I watched the trailer and it said the most prolific serial kissed serial, the most prolific serial killer of all time, Gustav. Mm. And then it was people claimed that he was bar- Gustav was barely in the movie.
1: Oh, that's terrible! Yeah. How could you not have like the Andre the Giant of
0: cro- of crocodiles? I'm actually glad I knew you were going to bring that up. Oh yeah, I was thinking about <laughs> talking about Andre the Giant oh, myself, man. but I knew you would bring it up. That yeah. has to be the centerpiece. Mm-hmm. I know, right? And, but I didn't, I didn't watch the movie, but I watched clips and the trailer of it. And, uh, the crook, it's, it's so silly, dude. Oh, is it all CGI? He's, and it's not good. Like (laughs) it's like a B movie you'd see on the sci-fi channel. Well, maybe a little bit better than that, but I remember those. Uh, the crocodile like runs on land, like a gazelle. I, it's running, (laughs) it's running way. It looks like it's moving way too fast, but it's following a guy and he keeps gaining. I don't know. It's not, it's not good. And he's like trying to catch it, catch a guy in a tree. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. It's, it wasn't good. (laughs) But I mean, if you, if you, I like those kind of movies. But, and I haven't seen the whole movie, so maybe I would like it, but that's, hmm. that seems to be the reviews I got from uh, it. Anyway, Dave, that is going to wrap up the episode. All right. Uh, I hope you and everyone learned some new things about crocodiles and were entertained by the tale of Gustav. Uh, I know I had, I had fun with it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> There wasn't much for like attack stories from Gustav, but that's kind of how crocodile attacks are. Like we were saying, for the most part, they happen so quick and underwater, they're hard to see. And no one, you know, no one knows how many people Gustav has actually killed.
1: Mm, Nobody knows. Yeah.
0: But anyway, for next week, next week's episode, get ready to learn about alligators. Ooh, okay. Yeah, there's a lot to cover here. Uh, I'm going to have to get my research on for this next episode. Uh, we will learn about gators, and we will bring in an attack story or two as well. I, I've watched a couple episodes of Swamp People, so uh, get ready for them gators. <laughs> Mom, no, the gator going in the house. Not a gator. <laughs> Give me that shovel. <laughs> Give me that shovel. <laughs> I, I've actually eaten gator before. It's pretty good. Yeah,
1: I had the... What, um... Rodicio's here. They'll have they have some here. Yeah, uh,
0: I had it when I was in Georgia. Oh, that must so be better. Was, it was better. I'll bet. Uh, but it's gonna be a good episode, and so make sure you tune in next week. Uh, and then after that, we are going to do an episode just on uh, attack stories. And I, I'm we're doing that because I've got some good ones. Uh, so that is the plan as of now. Sound that sounds pretty good. Yeah. This is our crocodile series continuing. Uh, So, yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun, so make sure you tune in to the next couple episodes. So, Dave, if our listeners enjoy the show and want to contribute and help support us, what can they do? Go to iTunes or whatever platform you use, subscribe, rate, review. Yeah, you're you're getting better. Yes. Uh, Remember to give us five stars, say something you like about the show, and if you don't use iTunes, then whatever platform you use... And uh, you can even go on to our Facebook page and leave a review there. It really helps the kind of like the business end of things. So uh, please do that if you can. And if you want to be an even more amazing person, you can become a producer of the show by going to PayPal or Venmo and giving us a little donation. That would be more than wonderful. I look, I work really hard on putting this together, and donations would be greatly appreciated. And all the money will go back into the podcast anyway. Oh, guess what? Hmm. I just got a new book. It is a Jim Corbett. I'm Jim Corbett. A Jim Corbett book. So I've got some more tales. I want to get another Jim Corbett story in here soon, too. Nice. Uh, I don't know why. I I really like Jim Corbett stories. And our, our our listeners like it too. He's he's got our his two episodes are some of our highest um, downloaded oh, episodes right. as well. But the way you can donate is by going to PayPal or Venmo. Uh, if you go to PayPal, you can find us by our email forceofnaturepod at gmail dot com, or you can go to a Venmo uh, on my personal account. It's Matthew dash Hamilton dash fifty one. This is all in the description below as well. Also remember if you or someone you know has a cool animal related story you'd like to share and maybe we can share the story on the pod or if you just want to communicate with us ask us a question suggest an episode idea uh, feel free to do so at any time but just email us or you can do it on Facebook. Also uh, please recommend the show to family and friends Uh, it helps build us up tell them we are on iTunes, Spotify, Google, Stitcher all the ones we need to be on. Anything to add, Dave? Nope. All right. How about you, Colonel Cheetor? Damn. Crocodile scary That is true, Cheetor. Yeah. That is very true. Uh, this is the Force of Nature podcast. Thank you for joining us. Tell your friends. Be a part of building us up. And we will see you next week. Bye.